Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We got something else now? Yeah, shooting. Guy on the ground. I saw Sergeant Tyrell Hassel laying on the ground next to his pickup truck with a large amount of blood with his wife, uh, had grasped onto him, hysterical. Hey, 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 back up! Whoa, 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 whoa! Breaking right now, a U.S. military member home for the holidays has been found dead. He leaves the door, comes down the steps, and boom, he's shot right here. I can see his eyes. You knew he was gone? Yeah. Why is this happening to us? This was not a drive-by. This was up close and personal. If it's up close and personal like that, it usually means that the, the problem is up close and personal. We obviously are struggling with some leads right now. We don't have a whole lot going on, so we're trying to still piece it together. What in the world had just happened? No one would believe the answer when they finally got it. address the emergency. So a 911 call came in uh, just around 11 o'clock on uh, New Year's Eve of 2018, and Kamaya Hassel is the one that called the 911. She is the wife of Sergeant Hassel. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. My husband brought us to school, and he left out, and me and my son were eating, and I just heard gunshots. And I put my son in the room, and I came outside, and my husband was on the ground. Tyrone Hassel III. He was a sergeant in the Army. He was back on block leave from Fort Stewart in Georgia, visiting his family with his wife and his kid for the uh, Christmas leave. I was proud. He went through the rankings pretty fast. He made sergeant pretty quick, and a lot of people said it was, it was kind of hard to do. The Army is also where Sergeant Hassel found love. His wife, Kamaya, a fellow soldier. Together, they have a baby boy. All three of them are here in Benton Harbor, Michigan, celebrating the new year. My name is Sergeant Mike Lanier, St. Joe Township Police Department. Uh, December 31st, 2018, I was actually uh, on my normal patrol duties that night. I heard dispatch of a subject had been shot. Party call in St. Joe Township for shooting. I actually broke off my traffic stop immediately and proceeded. I gotta go, okay? To uh, the address on Colfax. Your husband's outside. Okay, stand in line with me. Ma'am, take a deep breath. 
How many shots did you hear, ma'am? Ma'am? Multiple officers have already been dispatched to the scene, including Officer Jeremy Peppers. My partner informed us that uh, you know, we had a, an emergency call for a shooting that had just happened. We got something else now? Yeah, shooting, guy on the ground. Are you kidding me? That door's Colfax. Did you see anybody around? Ma'am? Okay. You didn't see anyone? Okay. Ma'am? Hello? Ma'am, take a deep breath with me, okay? When I arrived on scene, I arrived with numerous other officers, uh, and also an ambulance was backing into the driveway. I saw the subject, who was later identified as Sergeant Tyrone Hassel, laying on the ground next to his pickup truck with a large amount of blood, uh, with his wife uh, had grasped onto him, hysterical. I know, you, I know. Well, let me have it. Let me get in there, man, okay? Let us, let us get in there, hon, okay? okay. We obtained hours and hours of police body camera footage, and every officer on the scene that night had their cameras rolling. And you can see it all unfolding in real time. It was absolute chaos at first. It, it is chaotic, um, but we have to control that chaos. Get these people back. Come on, come on. The next thing you hear is that something's gone wrong. Yeah, my phone rang, and it was Kamaya. And I couldn't really understand what she was saying. She's like, could you come home, come home? And, and I'm like, calm down. I can't hear you. What are you saying? And she was like, Ty got shot. What did he get shot at? Who is it? You know who he is? my son. It's Ty Hassel III. We were lifting the, the gurney onto the back of the ambulance. And uh, as I stepped back, she's kind of going past me and trying to climb into the ambulance. Hey, 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 back up. Because of that, I just focused on her and kind of pulled her away from that situation. Um, I think I ended up kind of uh, in the front yard. Ma'am, you got to come out here with us, okay? And I'm just standing there talking with her, and I was at that point, you know, I was starting to investigate. We got to figure out what happened, but you're going to be in the way in there, okay? So I was trying to calm her down at the same time, get as you know, I was getting information on what happened. <laughs> She didn't have a whole lot. She knew that he'd been at a party um, with some family and that he was uh, bringing her some food because she had stayed home with their son at uh, Tyrone Senior's house there. We're just visiting. This is Dad's house. Okay. We live in Georgia. We're in the military. But she was definitely visibly upset for me to try to calm her down and get, get a good statement from her on, on what she knew. The food was outside? Like he stepped outside to get the food? No, the food was in the house. He was leaving. Where were you at when this happened? In the living room with my son. Okay. We got to collect some evidence and find out what the hell's going on here, okay? My grandson is probably in there by okay. himself. Okay, we'll, we'll go, I'll go take care of that for you if he is. He's we'll get one. You okay, we'll get you in there, there okay? Okay. Bye. Standing near the doorway as the drama unfolds is the couple's infant son. Let's go clear this house real quick. There, there might, yep. be a, might be a baby in there. The yeah. They're shell casings, guys. Just be careful. 
I don't know how much he watched, but during the chaos of taking care of Sergeant Hassel and all the cops, yeah, he, he was watching it. And when you have to go take him out of there, it, it, it was difficult. Okay, buddy. Okay, come here, buddy. I won't hurt you, okay? I'll probably never forget that. And he was um, probably a year and a half old at the time, you know, total innocent person there. And you have to um, go and get him out, but you also have to kick into dad mode. So he is comfortable enough to come to me so I can pick him up, take him out to his grandpa. Come on. I got you, bud. Come on. Okay. That a boy. There you go. I think about that a lot. I, I think about the little guy, um, Tyrone Hassel IV. If he wants, he can sit in my car with him or whatever. Yeah, that, that was probably one of the most difficult parts of, of working that scene. The sergeant has a faint pulse as the ambulance heads to the hospital. Unbelievably, it's the same hospital where Ashanti Hassel, Tyrone's stepmom, is working the late shift. They um, came through the back doors of the emergency room, and I seen one of our paramedics actually on top of them doing compressions. And um, they were coming toward me, and I could see his his face and um, how he was turned to the side and I could see his eyes. You knew he was gone? Yeah, I knew because um, I see it too much. Not to know, uh, Dr. Hamill walked out and he just stood there for a second. And the only thing that I heard him say was that we actually worked on him longer than we usually do, dear. And he was like, I'm sorry. And uh, For a second, uh, the only thing that I could, you know, think was like, you don't know why is this happening to us? Sounds like this dude kind of, he's just home from leave for the army. Back on Colfax Avenue, investigators know it's going to be a long night. We got a guy shot in the head, um, shell cases all over the place where he was standing outside. We really don't have a whole lot to go on. It was a baffling case to start with. One of the things that struck me was Sergeant Hassel's last act was an act of kindness. He was bringing food to his wife and his child on New Year's Eve. Why did this happen? Who would have done it? With three decades of experience under his belt, Sergeant Lanier senses that the answers to those questions will not come easily. This could be a tough one to solve. Yeah, it's gonna be real tough. What are you doing right now? Are you gonna go to the hospital? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Need a ride, Tyrone? Nah, I can make it. I'm heading that wagon. Rick Biggert, retired detective lieutenant out of Barron County Sheriff's Department. When you have a shooting incident, usually there is a lot of people that show up at the hospital. You want to get there as soon as you can to get some witnesses, family members, uh, just to get initial statements. Uh, it was bad. Like, the news spread it fast. Everybody was crying and screaming and falling everywhere. Um, Kamaya Hassel, 
was obviously there when I got there. So she was helpful. She answered the questions. She advised she was at home. They advised that they were both on leave from the U.S. military, um, staying at the Hassel House for Christmas vacation. Um, that evening on New Year's Eve, family members went to a party. She was left home alone with her infant child. She advised just before 11 o'clock, Tyrone came home, brought her some food, stayed for a brief minute. Tyrone was leaving, going to his vehicle, walking out the door, and she heard several gunshots at that point, at which time she walked outside and found Tyrone laying next to his vehicle. Breaking right now, a U.S. military member home for the holidays has been found dead after being shot multiple times. The police say that this happened at the home behind me on Colfax. The Hassel family home sits on a busy avenue in Benton Harbor, which at the time had the highest violent crime rate in Michigan. But a heartbroken dad wants everyone to know that Sergeant Hassel was much more than a statistic. Why is it important to you to talk about it? What do you want people to know about this story? Well, I feel like I owe it to my son. He made me a proud father. He just did everything that he needed to do and it was so successful. I feel like I want everybody to know about him. So I won't ever stop talking about him. And it's tough being good in, in these communities sometimes. Yeah, when you come from where we come from, you just don't have a child that, that succeeds um, to that level. It's exceptional. Definitely. From the classroom to the locker room at Benton Harbor High School, the story is much the same. I think that as a freshman, Tyrone knew the direction that he wanted to go. It's a rigorous course, courses, to be in honors. And I think that he mapped himself out to be an honor student. What I knew about Tyrone is he was going to show up every day, he was going to show up with a good attitude, and I wasn't going to have to worry about grades or misbehavior or anything like that. Very respectful, willing to do whatever it took. He would play as hard as you needed him to play. The first week of school, there was somebody in the back of the room talking, and I looked at Tyrone and I asked him to be quiet. It wasn't Tyrone talking. And I didn't know at the time. And three days later, he came to my classroom uh, and said, can I speak with you after school? And he said, I just want you to know that was not me talking. I would never disrespect you while you're, you're talking. And from that moment to this one, I've loved Tyrone. From there, he moved on to Grand Valley State University, where Hassel earned a scholarship to study mechanical engineering until he decided to switch gears. I was kind of nervous and a little bit, I should say I was probably scared of my son going to the Army. You didn't show him too much of that. No, I couldn't. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm dad still, so uh, he actually thanked me once for supporting him with his decision a decision that would take the sergeant away from Benton Harbor. Definitely when he moved away, he definitely didn't want to come back. He was motivated to do better. You know, he, he lived here and he knew it wasn't nothing going on. Unit 4 
One of my other former players called me probably 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It's like, coach, they killed Tyrone. I had to pause and like, Tyrone who? Although I know there's only one Tyrone I coached, I know that Tyrone isn't involved in any gang activity, drug-related activity, crime-related activity, and he's in the army and he has a family. So who are you talking about? He responded with Tyrone and The initial evidence tells a story, but not a complete one. Here's what investigators have determined so far. I would guess probably four seconds to walk from here to the, to the truck. He leaves the door, comes down the steps, and boom, he's shot right here. Yep. There were, I believe, five shell casings laying directly next to him, some of them in pools of blood, which tells us that the shooter was very close. There are drive-bys that occur. Uh, but this was not a drive-by. This, this was up close and personal. And it was just an assassination in his driveway. What it wasn't was a robbery. His cell phone, was it inside the truck? Yes, his cell phone, uh, some other, I think a wallet and some other property were in the truck. Anything in here? His cell phone and then a black duffel bag. He had a very nice truck that he was driving. Uh, that was still there. We got a dog here right now. We're gonna track, but we ought to track. A canine picked up a scent presumed to be the gunman's scent, between the Hassel home and a neighbor's property. This is pretty much the path that he took through the grass here. And the dog ended up about two blocks away in a driveway, which indicates from the canine that this is where it stopped. So therefore thinking a vehicle picked him up. There was one neighbor who heard gunshots and saw a parked car and thought that might be something, but they didn't call the police. Why not? It seems quite a few people go outside and, and what we call pop off their guns just to celebrate the New Year's Eve. There were other people that heard the shooting or heard shots. Kind of have to take that with a grain of salt on New Year's Eve. But it's clear from the talk on the body camera footage that the celebratory gunfire started long before midnight. Jeez, there is your automatic gunfire. Happy New Year, right? Investigators are counting on someone talking, and they find him. The reason I know all this, I was in my bedroom watching TV, and I had the shades open. Uh -huh. I could see everything goes on. The new year begins with a new lead, courtesy of a very observant neighbor. Hey, Walt, how are you? Hungry as ever. Hungry <laughs> as ever? Yeah. We've had a shooting over there, yeah. and Frank said you saw a vehicle parked over here? We parked right in Brown's driveway. The reason I know all this, I was in my bedroom watching TV, and I had the shades open. Uh -huh. I could see everything that goes on. About what time was this? Uh, 9 30, 10. Okay. First time he was there, and then he left. Come back about 15, 20 minutes later. But when he come back, I bet I bet money on it. He was doing 50 miles an hour going up. 50? At least. And he turned around up there and come back, turn his lights off, 
backed into the driveway. He stepped out of his car, got back in. A couple of seconds later, he got out again completely and started walking. And they watched him, he went and turned left. They said they saw a what they thought was a male subject walking down Gerald Street south, which is in the direction of Tyrone Hassel's residence. And then a few minutes later, they see the subject car leaving at a high rate of speed. And it's, it's important simply because of where it's parked to where he had to go is not a very long distance. How valuable was their information? Very valuable. I would call it invaluable. You don't get witnesses like that on every case that you work. So it's, it's definitely a great thing to have. And I just add two, two together, he has something to do with it. Okay. Did you hear anything? When I was in bed, yeah. Okay. What'd you hear? Gunshots. The information would explain why the canine lost the scent, but it's also general in nature. No make of a car, no model, no license plate, just a black sedan. Investigators will need more, and the fallen sergeant's father, he's working overtime to provide it. Tyrone Hassel Jr. has lived in the community his whole life. Um, he knows the people in the community, he knows the streets. Streets talk, and he wants to know what's going on and what they're saying. And I'm gonna show you the Facebook post that I got that somebody brought to me already. The first name Tyrone raises to police is someone from his own family, not as the shooter, but as the intended target. You can hear him say the name on the police body camera the night of the murder. That's the first thing so, I thought about. Was, was it one of my, was it been? Tyrone was gonna find who murdered his son. And, and I sat and explained to him that we, we, we gotta do it right. Benny Newman is Tyrone's stepson and lists the Colfax Avenue as his own. He's well known to police. The theory being that Benny stole from the wrong guy who sought revenge, but shot the sergeant by mistake. Whoever tried to kill or did kill your brother was trying to kill you. I'm here to work for murder to get this thing solved. If I, if I knew anything that had happened, you saw my brother murder case, you think I'm going to tell you, that's all I'm trying to say. We just want to get to the bottom before somebody else gets hurt. They're confronting Mr. Newman about that, but he denies any involvement in any other acts, denies that he would have been the intended target for this incident, and he denies any knowledge of what took place with Sergeant Hassel. Turns out Benny Newman has no connection whatsoever with this case, and authorities clear him. There were a lot of different leads that were coming in, and the police were trying to follow up on all of them. Yes, the streets are talking, but it's getting police nowhere. In the days following the homicide, investigators have to run down an assortment of leads, tips, and rumors many of them offering a similar scenario, one that implies that a dirty look or a mean stare was the spark that would later escalate into the shooting. And that was the case here at this local roller rink where Tyrone liked to skate with his friends. He just called an old buddy and said, hey man, come roller skating with me. And we'd heard through one of the people that he'd had a beef with somebody at the roller rink. Everyone was at a loss trying to explain what happened, right? And one of the leads might have been that incident at the roller rink. Yeah, they said he got in tour with somebody. He never got in tour with anyone. 
No, there was no one else who gave him a dirty look or words exchanged. I was on the sideline watching them skate. He was just skating his normal self, happy, smiling, just going around the rubber wing, just normal stuff. Nothing, nothing, nothing abnormal happened. We talked to the individuals involved. They said there was no beef. I don't know what they're talking about. It might have been a look or something, but Tyrone didn't have any problems with anybody. It's mid-afternoon on New Year's Eve, and a surveillance camera picks up Sergeant Hassel at this local Walmart. It's the last time he's seen in public, and he's with two unknown individuals. You can see Sergeant Hassel over by the counter in the white cap. When he was there, two people approached him at the counter in the sporting goods department. There was a brief interaction with that. Well, the police saw that, got that video, and needed to track those people down. He was actually seen with two individuals walking through Walmart and talking to these individuals as if he knew them. Um, we were able to determine who they were. And it turned out to be a father and a son, and the son had been friends with Tyrone, uh, grew up with him, known him basically all his life. And the interaction turned out to be completely innocent, dead end, but you still gotta run through all the scenarios and keep investigating. On a cold January evening, the streets talk again. This time, the message is short and direct. A week after the shooting, family members hold a vigil here on the Hassel's front lawn. It was at that event that a man comes up to Tyrone and says, I know who killed your son. Nicole Herman was lounging on a beach in Croatia with a perfect view of the ocean. It looks a lot like Oregon, with the exception that the water is like turquoise. It was nice and sunny, exactly how Nicole pictured her honeymoon. Nicole's new husband got up to take a swim, but she didn't join him. She was in the middle of a novel. The man on the book cover had a square jaw and a come-hither stare. All day, Nicole had just been waiting to get back to him. He sat on the floor and gestured for her to sit between his legs. He showed her how every gun worked, then loaded and unloaded each of them. Are you showing me this so I can kill my husband? Travis spoke slowly, choosing each word with care. Maybe in the beginning you meant something to him, but now you're just another loose end. He will know a hundred ways to kill you and make it look like an accident. She pressed her forehead against his and closed her eyes. Don't make me like you. I'd rather you were a knuckle dragging Neanderthal. Unless I'm dead. When this is over, I'm leaving. But I do and to use your body until I leave. Scandalous. I was probably reading anywhere from 150 to 300 pages a day. Nicole had been laid out on the beach for hours reading. She was already on book number two in the Wrong Never Felt So Right series. And she was determined to get through all five books by the end of her trip. 
Every book was more or less the same. Burly former Navy SEAL comes to the rescue of beautiful young woman on the run from her dangerous husband. It was an odd choice of reading for a honeymoon. But away from the beaches of Croatia, back home in Portland, Oregon, Nicole was a deputy district attorney. Those are things as a prosecutor that you sometimes want to get ahead of and in front of. And for months, she and her team had been trying to solve a murder. But progress had been slow. Direct evidence kept eluding them. As the pressure mounted, Nicole and her team had turned to an unlikely lead. A series of romance novels written by the dead man's wife. It was a little bit meta in terms of what we were dealing with. Her books were packed with details borrowed from their own lives as a local Portland chef and a romance novelist. Details that the DAs had no other way to get their hands on. So now Nicole was doing homework on her honeymoon. I wasn't so sure there would truly be anything, but it was sort of in the back of my mind, what if something similar to this has played out in one of her novels and it's all written right there for us to find? More shirts were going to be unbuttoned. More dresses were going to get unzipped. And every new chapter, every new scene, could potentially be the one to crack the murder case that was waiting for her back home. Some folks don't stop searching till they find the truth. If you've got a detective's eye, June's Journey is the game for you. Play as June Parker in a gripping murder mystery as you find hidden objects to help solve her sister's death. You'll hunt for clues in hundreds of beautifully illustrated scenes set in the roaring 20s. New chapters are added weekly. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android and iOS mobile devices as well as on PC through Facebook games. Say, bruh, you know what I tell them? Ain't no more going broke. Ain't no more going broke. Family wants to find the person responsible for a New Year's Eve shooting that left a 23 year old active military member dead. No, 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 no. We gotta figure out what happened. We really, really wanna know why. Tonight, a vigil was held for Tyrone and a GoFundMe was started. In the days following the shooting, mourners attend a vigil at the Hassel family home, and someone in attendance approaches Tyrone Hassel and says the alleged shooter in his son's case is the same man involved in a separate shooting that same night. The second shooting happened about 30 minutes ago on Apple Avenue in Benton Harbor. On New Year's Eve, there was another shooting 10, 15 minutes away on Apple Street. And there was a suspect developed with that shooting. So they tried to follow up on that suspect. We had to look at that initially, of course, to see we had a shooting here, now we got another shooting here. Is this retaliatory? Both shootings involved a 9mm handgun. A crime lab will tell investigators all they need to know. It turned out through investigation that it wasn't associated. The evidence didn't link it up. Spent shell casings from the Apple shooting scene and spent shell casings from Sergeant Hassel's shooting scene did not match up. So we knew it was not the same gun that fired these bullets. Investigators have been spinning their wheels for days now, and frustration is growing. 
Now time is ticking, and the longer an investigation goes on, it becomes increasingly difficult to find out who did it and why they did it. So now we're progressing into day four, day five, day six. We're still following up on every lead that comes in, always coming up empty-handed. It was definitely frustrating having these leads just go nowhere, going back to square one and, and almost having to start over the entire investigation just to you know try to retrace another, another lead that seemed to be going to another dead end at that time. So it was getting to me. Every tip that we received, came to really a dead end and you know of course you're going to go through every lead you can find his mother and father are still wanting justice for him and wanting to know what happened his wife wanting to know what's going on telling tyrone hassel a second as she's living in his house we need to find out who the murderer was we need to solve this kamaya hassel remains in town as funeral arrangements are finalized was she making plans for the funeral yeah, definitely. Um, I've been to the funeral home with her. We went to the church together. We planned the entire funeral. Um, the, the picked out the pictures that would be playing, you know, at the repast. She was following through with it all. And then eventually planning to go back to the military base? Yes, and she wanted to have them cremated. And she had her urn picked out. She wanted them to cremate him immediately after the funeral so she can take his ashes back. Until then, the grieving widow sits in solitude in the very same house where the murder occurred. Most of the day, she would just sit on the couch and wouldn't move, wouldn't go nowhere. The distraught parents of Sergeant Hassel split their time grieving the loss of their son and comforting their daughter-in-law. You know, every day, I would try to console her. I would try to make sure she ate, uh, make sure she tried to get some sleep, try to make sure she did the proper things that she did to take care of herself so she wouldn't have a, a nervous breakdown. That's, that's what I was feeling. At that point, I think I turned into a father to her instead of, you know, and I, I had to be strong for my family. Kamaya finds comfort on social media, posting, I wish I was dreaming, man. I'm trying not to blame myself. And about Tyrone, she posts, my baby loved me. I owe you another baby. We needed a girl. On day 11 of the investigation, cops finally catch a break as that curious black car is spotted once again. Sergeant Hassel was shot multiple times, two times in the head, one time in the neck, and then one time in the right arm. It appeared all at fairly close range. If it's up close and personal like that, it usually means that the, the problem is up close and personal. But nothing added up. There was no motive that we could find locally. I was in close contact with Tyrone Jr. I had contact with Kamaya every day she'd call. By all accounts, she was doing a, a very good job in the Army and working her way up. She was a specialist, specialist Kamaya Hassel. Kamaya Martin grew up in Georgia, a member of the junior ROTC in high school. She made a name for herself as an outstanding young cadet, and she won several awards. 
Junior Cadet of the Month, Cadet of the Year, leadership awards like Unit Commander. In 2015, while at Fort Carson in Colorado, Kamaya met Tyrone Hassel. I was there when Kamaya and Ty first met. Ty was a gentleman, charming, smart, and she liked him a lot. After probably like three or four months, I think it, it was serious. <laughs> How did you hear about his relationship with Kamaya? When I heard of his relationship with Kamaya, he was getting engaged. Not even a girlfriend. Not a girlfriend. When he told me he was getting married, I was like, is you getting married for money in the military or are you getting married because you love him? You say for the money, what do you mean? Because in the military, I, I believe that you get more money when you marry. He was like, no, Dad, I really love her. Then you finally meet Kamaya, and what did you think of her? It was like I really known her all my life. She walked in, hey, Dad, called me Dad right off the bat. So you gained a daughter-in-law, and then very quickly, you're a grandfather. Yep, I gained a daughter-in-law, and then next thing you know, boom, the baby bump. She was pregnant. It was my son's first child, and he was happy about it, so when he was happy, you know, I was happy. When I first met Kamaya, she was a sweet girl, real nice. The military is very hard. <laughs> so when you find some friends, you kind of want to build your own community and stuff and get to know each other. Delina and her husband, former Sergeant Mark Burks, became fast friends with the Hassles. Mark remembers a sweet moment between Tyrone and Kamaya when they all watched the Super Bowl together in 2018. Four-man rush, full spires caught. He had his arm around her and he was like kissing her on the cheek and, and you know, my wife was like, oh, she was like, why you don't do me like that? I was like, oh, he's so cute, look at him. And Mark was just like, oh, that's just that young love. They just gonna get over that. And he was in love with her. He was hugging up on her, like, this my baby. It's now been a week since the murder, and none of the leads have panned out. So police ask Kamaya to come in for another interview. When you're a week separated from the event, your adrenaline has come down slightly, and you might remember some things that you didn't remember on the scene. This is the never-before-seen interview obtained exclusively by 2020. Okay, what he's gonna ask you is your phone, so we can download the phone. We have to eliminate you to get move on, you know what I mean? So we can focus on other things. We're still just piecing together because it was really a mystery at that time. We obviously are struggling with some leads right now. We don't have a whole lot going on, we're, so we're trying to still piece it together. She was questioned by Detective Easton and Detective Peak. Does he ever cheat on you? You guys ever? Well, we were dating, but not while we were married. You're, you're, you're not a jealous person? You're not like, hey, were you out fooling around or anything? Mm -hmm. I mean, you give him any kind of grief about it? Mm -mm, I never, we never had those issues. Okay. We're really just there to get her timeline. What happened and when? What um, happens Monday? Monday is New Year's Eve. Yeah. They kind of had their own thing going on, even though it was New Year's Eve. Kamaya had stayed behind with their baby while Tyrone went to his family's New Year's Eve party. I wasn't really upset about it because I knew that he was going to be with his family. Yeah. And she did say that she was a homebody, you know, it's not my thing. I'd rather just sit at home. And then he brought food home for you. Yeah, he brought food home for me. The detective then asked Amaya how she felt about Tyrone's parents. Oh, they're nice. I always 
to enjoy them. They're really nice people. When Kamaya and Tyrone were overseas in South Korea, his parents took care of their baby. Well, they watched our son, well, took care of our son the whole time we were gone. Yeah. So they had our baby and the dogs. <laughs> That's really yeah. nice of them. Yeah. So, I mean, you love them. I mean, you're, yeah. you consider them like your parents are. She's cordial. I mean, she's not crazy outgoing, but she was very, very nice. Does he have life insurance? Yeah, we all do. Okay, yeah, that comes standard or whatever, right? Thing, yeah. Yep. What do you? What does he get? The SGLI, the amount is four hundred thousand. One of the benefits for your survivors is if you were to be killed in any way, your survivors would get this benefit of the life insurance. Even though he wasn't in combat or anything, I mean, you still get that four hundred thousand because he was. That's what they were saying. That's a that's a good base for you know your life, and you know you can set up a maybe a college fund for your kid and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know until I get there. I'd, I'd rather have him than yeah, for sure. Submission. Yeah. At this point, Kamaya's bank statement shows that she had already received one hundred thousand dollars in death benefits. That money is in addition to Tyrone's life insurance that she stands to receive. Can I see your phone for a second? Yeah. Um, do you mind if I run your phone real fast just to see the, to, just to track to make sure the messages are all the same? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll be right back. Okay, so you have no idea who would have done this, mm -hmm. and you were not involved in any way whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it just happened so fast, and I saw that he was laid out there by his truck. And I went out there, I'm shaking him, I'm like, babe, get up, get up. And he's not talking, not responding to anything. That's when I ran back in the house and um, got my phone call, 911. We walked out of the room, we were probably like, uh, she was kind of a, like emotionless. Who knows, maybe she's been crying for seven and a half days and she just has no more tears at that point. In the meantime, St. Joseph's Police Department went door to door looking for surveillance footage recorded the night of the murder. There was none to be found except this one. That security camera here at Enterprise Car Rental provides investigators with a critical piece of information. It captures Sergeant Hassel's pickup truck as he makes his way to Kamaya to deliver that food from the party. It's that same camera that later captures a black Chevy sedan traveling in the opposite direction. Fairly rapidly driving a little bit erratically, definitely in a suspicious manner. Prior to that, we had received information from a neighbor that observed that vehicle in the driveway. Did you see what kind of vehicle it was? It was a black car that had the lights in the front, you know? Which also contributed to us believing that that was the suspect vehicle on video fleeing the scene. So who was in that car? The license plate was not visible in the video. But the investigation takes a dramatic turn. A week and a half after the murder, a tip comes in the St. Joe Township Police Department. It was an anonymous phone call from a woman. It sounded like she was near the military base. You guys should look at your wife. She basically told us we need to look at Kamaya. U.S. military member home for the holidays has been found dead after being shot multiple times. And All right, do you, do you have any idea what happened here? We don't have them anymore. We don't have one of our kids. A grown-up kid who was now a husband and father. Son, this Tyrone has to be third. This is all the Tyrones. 
Yeah. Four generations. Huh? Yeah. This was a planned execution. It was just when and where. And then I just heard gunshots. He said it's done. I had to do what I had to do. You know, what the hell just happened here? A tip led to the arrest and the murder of Tyrone Hassel III. And he was like, we found your son's killer. Wow. What do you mean? And now everyone at the funeral is finding out. At the funeral. And he was like, oh, you don't know, huh? I was like, wait, huh? Might have got away with this murder. I'm going to just tell you my side. What did he say? I didn't believe it. My wife almost passed out. Uh, the whole house just went crazy. Twenty-three-year-old Tyrone Hassel III was an outstanding young sergeant with a bright future. He had been gunned down in cold blood while his wife, Kamaya, and young son were nearby. He was doing so good. He was a very likable person. I didn't know of him to ever have any enemies. How on earth did this happen? No one has an ill feeling towards Tyrone. I can't imagine this is something that happened because of something he did. He was so young, and he did. For what reason, really? There seemed to be no motive for the killing until 11 days after the murder, when police receive an anonymous call with a shocking tip. One of our officers received a phone call from an anonymous person in Georgia, stated that it was a female caller, spoke with a heavy Jamaican accent. I have a military son, and I had a conversation with him a few nights ago, and he was very distressed about the situation. You guys should look at the wife. She didn't really elaborate too much, but she did kind of hint uh, that there was a relationship that Kamaya was involved in that may have led to something like this. The relationship with the guy and the girl is the same platoon. The tip essentially said Kamaya was having an affair with a man in the Army in her platoon unit down in Georgia at Fort Stewart. Fort Stewart is the largest military installation on the Eastern Seaboard. Their primary mission is to train the 3rd Infantry Division for any deployments anywhere in the world. And it's at that base in Georgia where Specialist Kamaya Hassel worked as a truck driver and where Sergeant Hassel was a wheel mechanic. The very same day that police in Michigan got that anonymous call, there was another stunning development in the case, this time at Fort Stewart. Two soldiers went to their chaplain with fear of another service member. His name is Jeremy Cuellar. The two individuals had known about the affair that Kamaya Hassel was having with Jeremy Cuellar. The soldiers were concerned for their own safety after Quaylar was becoming more and more anxious. 
With this information, Army CID, the Army's Criminal Investigation Division, launches their own probe into the murder of Sergeant Hassel. Kamaya became very friendly with Specialist Jeremy Coyar, and that uh, evolved into an affair. And it was seen by their friend group. They knew it was going on. Some of those friends are interviewed by Army investigators at the base. I seen them together, messing around, and I was like, you know. So when you say messing around, um, what, are you, what are you getting at with that? Because obviously, you know, everybody's got different. Oh, yeah, yeah, like sexually. Okay. Jeremy Cuellar was in the same platoon as Kamaya Hassel. Kamaya and Jeremy drove trucks for the military, so they worked together fairly closely. Cuellar stated that Kamaya Hassel was his girl and that Sergeant Hassel had to go. Jeremy Cuellar was from Chicago. He was married. Jeremy is my ex-husband. We met in high school. He was eye candy for me, at least. He was fine. Like, he was cute. And the way he was, he was charming. Very charming. We had learned that Jeremy Quaylor had a very short temper, was never in a good mood. He was known by some of the people in his platoon to have a little bit of an anger issue. Our relationship was, it was rocky. He was cheating on me. I seen women in his phone. I went through his phone, and that's when I seen, like, him conversating with women. And I'd seen her name on there, Kamaya. And I didn't think of anything because I seen multiple women. It wasn't just her. It was sexual conversations. Army CID talked with Sergeant Tadarius Golston. He was also in Georgia at Fort Stewart. Sergeant Golston had some firearms that he was looking to sell. And he sold two of them to Jeremy Cuellar. I sold him uh, firearms. Okay. Um, what firearms did you sell him? I sold him a Ruger SR... SR-90. That's a 9 After talking with another soldier, Army CID learns that Jeremy Cuellar had allegedly described how he says he killed Sergeant Hassel. He's bragging. He's telling his best buddy on base what he did. After he'd shot him, he went up, stood over him, put one in his head to confirm the kill. One of those shots was directly in the forehead. Jeremy Cuellar is immediately put under surveillance at his home near the base. In his driveway is a black car that looks very similar to the car caught on security camera the night of Sergeant Hassel's murder. It was a black Chevy Impala, and we had conducted a search of the vehicle and discovered 9mm ammunition and another 9mm magazine. It was believed to be a 9mm pistol that was used in the murder of Sergeant Hassel. The license plate number was provided to the St. Joseph Township Police Department. We ran that through our license plate readers, and we were able to pick up that he was in Michigan in the area of the murder within a few hours of the murder. Just seven hours after Army CID started their investigation, Jeremy Cuellar is arrested. And he's detained at the Liberty County Jail. The Army's Criminal Investigation Command is a special agent and wanted to question you about the following offenses of which you are suspected or accused, and it's homicide and conspiracy. Do you understand those? Jeremy Coyar invokes his right to remain silent and doesn't speak anymore. Back in Michigan, police want to talk to Kamaya about this man, Jeremy Cuellar. 
Do you know a guy by the name of Jeremy Cooler? Where are you? I know Jeremy. Once we got the information from the US military, it was go mode. You and Jeremy were romantically involved. He flat out says that. No, we were not. There's a possibility that he has a crush on me. Anybody can have a crush on me. There's, I'm not dealing with anyone to where that they would want to do something to my husband. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. Jeremy Cuellar is now in custody in Georgia. Investigators confirmed that Kamaya Hassel's lover was in Michigan the night of Sergeant Hassel's murder. He'd been up here three to four times, and each time he wasn't able to commit the homicide because either Sergeant Hassel had somebody with him or just wasn't the right opportunity. The Barry County Sheriff's Department did a lot of the forensics on the phones was able to put a timeline together for us, showing his coming and goings into Michigan. This is actually some property that was recovered in our suspect, Jeremy Cuellar's house in Georgia. There is a receipt here from the Illinois Toll Plaza putting Jeremy Cuellar's vehicle coming into town. So it kind of ties together with his car traveling into Michigan as well with the toll receipt. But that security footage we see of Sergeant Hassel at the Walmart that day, the killer had been nearby, had been? Yes, according to the plate scanner, it put his vehicle within a mile of the Walmart. Now, investigators in Michigan are especially eager to interview Kamaya again, this time about her affair with Jeremy Cuellar. Police reach out to Tyrone's father. I got a call from Officer Peppers and he was like, Tyrone, something just came up. I told him I need you to bring Kamaya to the Sheriff's Department. And I couldn't really give him much more information than that because of, of where we were headed with the investigation. I just told Kamaya, I was like, we got to go to the Sheriff's Department. On the way there, did she seem nervous? She asked me, she was like, I wonder why we're going back over here today. Lieutenant Bigger was holding the door open, and we walked in, and he was like, Mr. Hassel, take a seat right here. Kamaya, you go this way. So they separated us immediately. They didn't explain anything to you? He didn't say anything. He just said, it's going to be a long night. I walked out the door of the sheriff's department, and I just kind of stood there for a minute, and I'm like, what in the world that just happened? We took her up to the Sheriff's Department interview room. And we got a couple questions for you. Myself and Detective Lieutenant Bigger conducted the interview. You have the right to talk to your lawyer and have him present with you while you're being questioned. She's read her rights. 
she was willing to talk to us right away without hesitation. This video obtained exclusively by 2020. If you give up the right to remain silent and later wish to stop answering questions, no further questions will be asked. Understand that? Understand. Okay. This is the first time I've heard those. Oh, I didn't do it before? <laughs> we kind of do all that. We basically, right off the bat, asked her who Jeremy Cuellar is. Do you know a guy by the name of Jeremy Cooler? Cuellar, yeah, I know Jeremy. Who, who is he? I work with him. She originally stated he's just a subject she works with on base. And then we asked her a few times, what's your relationship? Are you guys friends, romantically oh, involved? No, we're friends. We're not romantically involved. After about the third or fourth time we asked her about Jeremy Cuellar, she made a statement which was very odd. What's up with that? She wants to know why we're asking about Jeremy Cuellar. We've got Jeremy talking down there. Where? Fort Stewart. Officers are down there with him right now. We knew what happened. We want your side of the story. Side of the story for what? What happened to Tyrone? What? What do you mean? <clears throat> what is he saying? We went on to inform her that we have information from the military base in Fort Stewart of what had happened. We've got a lot of people coming forward down in Fort Stewart. And what are they saying? The stuff that Jeremy told them. In hopes of getting Kamaya to crack, the detectives lie, which they are legally allowed to do. They say Jeremy is telling everything to Army investigators. And at this point in time, do you wish to have a lawyer? When in fact, he's not talking at all. Jeremy's cooperating at the other end, okay? We want to know your involvement of Tyrone's death. I don't have any involvement in my husband's death. She wouldn't admit to it? You could see her just trying to think of something. At that point, she never really gave up the full relationship, only that she had talked to him. But let's be honest, you and Jeremy were romantically involved. He flat out says that. No, we were not. It's a possibility I'm pregnant right now with my husband. Well, I'm not, baby. well, that doesn't, I mean, just because you, you can, But you want to know something? Why, why is Jeremy, do you tell me why he think is telling people that he's I don't. I do not know why he's telling anybody. I've never been romantically involved. I've never cheated on my husband. I confronted her with everything that was going on. She still denied it. Now, if there's a possibility that he has a crush on me, anybody can have a crush on me. There's, I'm not dealing with anyone well, to where that they would want to do something to my husband. I'll be back in a minute. Let's see. see how Jeremy's doing over there. So I walked out, gave through thought, and I said, let's, let's try a polygraph. We did ask her if she'd be willing to take a polygraph. He stated she would, and that she wanted to take it to clear her name. I don't really have a choice. Well, I mean, I appreciate it. What are my other options? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have a choice, and I don't want this going any further with me right. being attached to it. You know, time was going on, so I called Officer Peppers at, it was like midnight. I said, man, can somebody tell me what's going on? My son's funeral is tomorrow, and Kamaya's there, nobody telling me what's going on. He said, I don't know, I'll call you back. What Tyrone didn't know was that Officer Peppers and Sergeant Lanier were on a two-hour drive to the Michigan State Police Headquarters so that Kamaya could take a lie detector test. When we got there, Lieutenant Guskey took over. 
It got her basically to feel relaxed and to befriend her. I'm in your corner 110%. I'm not bailing. But the one thing I, I don't do, I'm not a guy that's going to beat around the bush and go halfway. He flat out confronted her with new information. Something's going to happen. You understand that? I remember looking at Officer Peppers just kind of like, you know, what the hell just happened here? I didn't believe it. My wife almost passed out. The whole house just went crazy. Is there anything else we need to tell? Just hours after Jeremy Cuellar had been arrested for the murder of Sergeant Tyrone Hassel, Kamaya Hassel is waiting to take a lie detector test. This is her seventh recorded interview with police. Why do I take this test today? Because I want to clear my name. I want people to know that this situation is not tied to me at all. I love my husband. I wouldn't do anything. I, if I could, I would do everything in my power to have him back. Detective Linguski administers his test, and after it was done, he simply went to Kamaya and said, look, I know you're lying. I'm in your corner 110%. I'm not bailing. He got her basically to feel relaxed and to befriend her, and Kamaya eventually gave a play-by-play -play of what happened. In Korea, that's where it started. Like, we weren't sexual or anything, but we were really close. But you are now. She goes on to blame Sergeant Hassel uh, as the reason for her searching out Jeremy, saying that he didn't pay enough attention to me. He didn't give me what I needed so many times with it, because I've been with the baby majority than than time. Like, I can't count on my finger how many times he's given him a bath. I've worked the same amount of hours that he worked, and I still have to come home and do everything for the baby. As we started to talk, it started to kind of unfold what her role actually was in this, and as it unfolded, it, she wound up being one of the coldest people I run into in my career. How do you text them that you're calling them back with the food? I told him that he was bringing us back something. He's bringing back the food. And he was just like, never mind, we'll just try another day. And then I said, well, he's about to bring us something to eat. Were you pretty adamant with him? I mean, what was the message going to show you? Like, hey, yeah, I'd be like, hey, like, you know, hurry up, he's on the way back. Twelve days after her husband's murder, Kamaya finally comes clean. You know, you said you feel about as responsible as, as Jeremy is. I mean, this is a, would you say this is a 50-50 you guys were on this? Yeah, okay. because I knew all about it. I probably could have stopped it, but the reason that I didn't, because I felt like he would, you know, be mad at me. And not love you anymore? Yeah, because I just felt like I wasn't getting that love at home like I wanted to. Is there anything else we need to tell? We were sexual. That you were sexual? Okay. Yeah. I just want to go through this with Jeremy. Read it. Kamaya Hassel signs a document admitting her involvement in the murder. I said, "Did you plan with Jeremy to kill Tyrone?" He said, "Yes." Uh, was the money part of the reason for the murder? Yes. After all of our experiences with Kamaya throughout the investigation, it was definitely shocking to hear her confess. She'd been sitting on that information the whole time. All right, hey, Ty, we'll be right back. Okay. 
Well, she was arrested on the early morning hours, or 12th it was. Actually, it was the day of the funeral. She was actually locked up. I heard three car doors shut. So I was like, okay, that's probably two officers in Kamaya. When I opened the door, it was three officers, no Kamaya. And he told me to come outside on the porch. So I'm like, no, what's going on? And then he was like, we found your son's killer. And I'm like, ooh, and he said it was Kamaya. You know, I was still in shock. I didn't believe it. My wife almost passed out. You just couldn't believe it? No, I couldn't believe it. I was kind of angry because I sat there with you and we catered to you for 12 days, even though we were the ones that were really hurt. We catered to your needs. Was there ever a time when you thought that she might have been responsible? I couldn't see it. Not at all. Not even, not even a slight chance. It's amazing how sometimes we just don't know a person. If it was a movie, she'd have won an Oscar. Definitely. And I found out, somebody who I thought I knew, I found out I, did, I really didn't know at all. Sergeant Hassel's obituary had already been published. It said he leaves to cherish his memory, his loving wife, Kamaya Hassel. They asked me that day if I wanted to stop the service, but that was not an option. You know, it had already been 12 days now that he hasn't been buried, you know, and he need, we needed to get it going. And now everyone at the funeral is finding out. At the funeral, as the service was going on, you could see people start to whisper to each other, and phones coming out. While we were in the funeral, our phones was just blowing up. Everybody, you know, we kindly de declined the calls. As we were leaving, one of Tyrone's uncles, he was like, was y'all real close? I was like, yeah, man, that was like my brother. He's like, I could tell. And then uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, I just feel bad for Kamaya. And he was like, oh, you don't know, huh? I was like, no, what? He was like, yeah, they, uh, <sighs> they came and picked up Kamaya this morning. And I was like, wait, huh? She set it up. I didn't want to believe it. Jeremy Cuellar and Kamaya Hassel are both in jail, awaiting trial for the first-degree murder of Sergeant Tyrone Hassel. And Kamaya makes a revealing phone call to her mother. I'm in the jail. Why are you in jail? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it comes to winning elections, is it really the economy, stupid? Are soccer moms the quintessential swing voter? And does it matter which candidate you'd rather share a beer with? Every election cycle, cliches come easy. But are they right? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections. Where did that wisdom come from? And does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. We're following breaking news out of Berrien County this morning. Police say a tip led to the arrest of two suspects in the murder of Tyrone Hassel III. News broke just hours before Hassel's family and friends gathered for his funeral. Everybody is in the church whispering amongst each other because it came up on the news break that Jeremy Kamaya was arrested. She is booked in at the Berrien County Jail and she immediately calls her mom. Hello, this is a call from an inmate at the Berrien County Jail. So, Samaya, when did all this come about? It was planned in Korea. I, I got myself mixed up in something I didn't think would be like this. Pretty much. I can't hear you. We planned it. Y'all planned it? Yeah. Samaya, I don't believe that. Is somebody making you say that? Somebody made me plan it. Uh, he, he was forcing me, and I don't know. I was, Who was forcing you, Kamaya? His name is Quay. Why was Quay forcing you? Because he wanted to be with me so that we could be together. Her mom expressed her extreme disappointment in her child at that time. Why y'all ain't just wake up? He wasn't letting me, and I was scared to tell anybody about what was going on. Who you were scared to tell? You talk to me all the time. You could have told me. I just knew that you would be disappointed. So you was living a double life and you done had your husband killed? The father of your child? Are you talking about I'd be disappointed? No, I'm disappointed in this. This is what I'm disappointed in. It was our lead story many days. A U.S. Army soldier is now on trial in the New Year's Eve murder of her own husband in Berrien County. And people were so stunned by what that young woman was capable of that people wanted to hear what really happened. If Sergeant Hassel was killed, she'd get that money, and a lot of it. This was a strong case. I want everything out for that jury right away, and I want them convinced in opening statement. You will find that he was the victim of a planned killing. Conceived months before, the woman responsible for that killing is seated right there, the defendant. You'll find she had murder on her mind betrayal in her heart. So this whole plan of Kamaya and Cuellar wasn't out of the heat of the moment. This was a planned execution. It was just when and where. At times, Jeremy Cuellar said, look, it's not working out tonight. We'll do it another time. And the defendant said, no, no, we got to get it done tonight. She was using Snapchat to tell Jeremy Cuellar 
where Sergeant Hassel was, when he was leaving the house, when he was coming back, when he was in his vehicle, and that's how they planned it. We went through her cell phone and one of the Google searches was how to delete Snapchat from your cell phone. And Snapchat was not on her phone, so obviously she'd eliminated an application from her phone to evade that data. Cell phone records also show that Sergeant Hassel texted his wife at 10.48 p.m. It said, just wrap y'all food up, about to be on the way. Then, four minutes later, she's on the phone with Jeremy Cuellar. And she let Cuellar know at that time, hey, you can't leave. He's coming to bring me food. This is the time. Steve Perangeli, the prosecutor, did his best to try and create Kamaya, uh, this image as though she was some mastermind criminal. Kamaya, I think, unfortunately, hitched her wagon to a very dangerous individual and allowed herself to follow his lead. Jeremy Cuellar is directly, no question about it, responsible for Tyrone Hassel's death. But just because he's responsible does not mean Kamaya Hassel's involved. This is Mr. Cuellar's plan. This is his idea. Kamaya's defense attorney also argued that she was manipulated into a confession by the police. You're a victim in this. You were still under his control. He's been working you since Korea. I knew it for a fact that, that he'd manipulated her. When I cross-examined him, I asked him, I said, you knew what buttons to push, you were looking to get her to tell you what you wanted to hear. And one of the things that you're allowed to do when you're interviewing someone is you're allowed to, to make things up, is that right? That is correct. You're, you're allowed to lie to a subject um, to see what they will say in response to your lie, is that right? That is correct. They tried to play uh, Detective Lunguski as an expert who manipulated her and fed her the evidence that she regurgitated to him. Isn't that a huge step to kill your husband just to be with another guy? But when you broke down his interview with her, she would always give out the evidence first. Multiple people take the stand, including Tyrone's father, friends, and first responders. But the prosecution believed the star witness was Army Specialist Jaquan Hamilton. Sir, if you would, for the record, state your full name and spell your last, please. Who was friends with Jeremy and Kamaya. Jaquan says that Jeremy told him about his plan to kill Tyrone. He's basically just playing, but he has to go. Like, he has to get done. He has to get rid of him. The defense went after Jaquan, who initially did not report Jeremy's plan because he didn't think he was serious. If, if you had reported this, maybe, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Is that fair? Yes. When Jeremy Coyar went back to Georgia, he made statements to Jaquan Hamilton about killing Sergeant Hassel. When he first approached you, what did he say? He said, it's done. I had to do what I had to do. Did he give you any, uh, talk any further about it? He was going into detail, basically saying uh, he caught him coming out the house and shot him in the head, and then he dropped and then he shot him again. When you asked him whether or not Kamaya Hassel was involved in the planning of the murder of her husband, what did he say? He said, it's mutual, right? it has to be done. It was Jeremy Cuellar's own mouth that got them caught. If he had not bragged about what was going on to other soldiers at the base down in Georgia, they might have got away with this murder. The defense didn't call any witnesses. 
the amount of evidence that was against Kamaya was considerable, certainly not the least of which was her statements to Detective Longusky and also her statements that were recorded in the conversation with her mother. There was no cross-examine that could really be done on those phone calls. And that was the last piece of evidence they got to hear before I arrested my case. A jury deliberated for one hour and eight minutes to find Kamaya Hassel guilty in the murder of her husband, Army Staff Sergeant Tyrone Hassel III. Guilty of first degree premeditated murder as aider or better. Guilty of conspiracy to commit first degree premeditated murder. Kamaya had no real reaction in court. She didn't look our way. She was not not emotional. There's no doubt in my mind that had Kamaya never met Jeremy Cuellar, this never would have happened. I think Jeremy had convinced her that this was the way to go. This was, you know, her only route towards happiness. She had everything that she could have wanted. Car, a family, a house, a career. And she let it all go for some insurance money. He was something to everybody he met, but to you, he was expendable. He was a check, $400,000 check. So now it's Jeremy's turn to have his day in court. And I was like, this dude is sick. And he has a surprise encounter with Sergeant Hassel's father. I'ma just tell you my side, you know, but you do deserve that. Kamaya Hassel was sentenced today to life in prison without parole for helping her boyfriend kill her husband, Tyrone Hassel III. Coyer took a plea of second-degree murder, so he didn't even want to take it to trial. Jeremy Cuellar was sentenced today to 65 to 90 years in prison. We made that plea bargain after talking with the family, and we believe that 65 years was enough. I seen, like, all the information they were saying in court, that was my first time even hearing the information. And I had this pit in my stomach, like I was so disgusted. There's no question that the guy was pretty unhinged. I mean, he told a friend of his that he was planning a murder, and then he told the same friend that he had committed this murder. He would cry on the phone and just, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, no you're not. You're just sorry you got caught. Because if you didn't get caught, you probably will be living your damn best life right now. In contrast to Kamaya, Jeremy Cuellar did show some emotion as he was sentenced and as he was listening to Tyrone's mother speak in court. You did all of this for money and my son's spot. You could have had his house, his wife, and help raise his son, but you could never be him. He was better than you, and he still is because the kind of person that he was, his name will live on. Um, I apologize to the family again, sincerely. I was a fool for just taking her words and not really looking to see who he was. I just had issues with him, my own, my own demons. After we took his plea agreement, while he was walking out of court, he told Tyrone Hassel Jr., I want to talk with you. I need to talk with you. I was in the hallway, and he was trying to say something. 
I said, I want to know what he was trying to say. And Lieutenant Bigger heard me. I did speak with Tyrone and said, he's reaching out, he wants to talk to you. I spoke with his attorney and his attorney said, that's fine, you can set it up, everything will be recorded. And it was just gonna be a standard jail visit. But the visit is not what it looks like on the video. Yo. I couldn't see him across from me. I was looking at a monitor and he was looking at a monitor. He was in a different location. How you doing, sir? I'm all right, um, you know, under the circumstances. Honestly, uh, I'm very sorry. You know, I know that is 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 not even enough. You know, um, I'm gonna just tell you my side. You know, you know I know. Regardless, you know, but you do deserve that. And to be honest with you, it's it, it's sad. But, you know, you, you deserve that. What did he say? He said a lot more than I really wanted to hear as far as, like, his relationship with Kamaya and stuff. I didn't come to, you know, really listen to that, but I did uh, because I didn't want him to shut down on me. I'm being real with you. Like, I'm, I'm truly sorry. I thought I loved her. You know what I'm saying? I was all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And... For some reason, I thought Kamaya was like my light. You know what I'm saying? You could see the anger. You could see the disgust in Tyrone Hassel Jr.'s eyes. He was pretty graphic in his description, what he did. Yeah, and he, he told me how many times he came to kill my son. It honestly took me like six times, sir. At least six times. I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. The first time I choked. And I know from what he was saying and him describing my house that, you know, it was real. He had been there before. He had been there before. I do remember him saying he was hiding behind the garbage cans one day. You know, your um, the two garbage cans you have right there by your patio? Yeah. Uh, I was waiting right there and he had came out. Look, I choked many times, you know what I mean? My mind was twisted. I thought I had to do that in order for me to have a family with her because I wanted kids. It was Jeremy Coyer didn't hold back. He spilled everything, how it was planned, how he executed his son in his driveway. That's when she was like, oh, he's coming back. And I was like, you really just want me to do this? So I was like, man, I came back. And that's when it happened. He definitely owned up to his part of all it. I think he wanted to give closure to Tyrone of everything that happened, so there wasn't questions. Maybe that's in his mind. And for the heartbroken father to sit there and listen when he knew the truth and what had happened, uh, that took strength that I don't think most people could muster. I wanted any information that I can get out of him. And I wanted to know how much involvement she had in it. When he got shot, what did she come out? Did she really, you know, act, she acted so oh, concerned? Great. I was just wondering if she talked to you about that afterwards. Yeah, she did. Matter of fact, she did. She was like, yeah, like, you know, he died in my arms. And she was saying she was sad about it. And I'm like, then why'd you have me do it then? 
Do you think Amaya was the mastermind of this crime? I know she was a mastermind. And I realized that he was just as sick as she was. For him to think that after they did what they did, that they can just have a happy ever after life. I hope and pray that within himself and his soul that he knows what he did was wrong and he accepts it and he just has to, he got to roll with the punches and you got to deal with it. But just months after talking to Tyrone Hassel, Jeremy shocks everybody again. This time, he's taking it all back. Jeremy Cuellar, the man who previously pleaded guilty to the murder of Tyrone Hassel III, now hoping to withdraw that plea. Withdrawing it is kind of like a slap in the face. It makes you wonder, what is this guy thinking? Some of your favorites? Oh, that one. This is all the Tyrones. Yes. One, two, three, and four. <laughs> four generations. Huh? Yep. That's his son. That's Chuck. That's one of my favorite pictures right there. We don't have them anymore. We don't have one of our kids. Because you know when you look at pictures of you know them when they're babies or whatever. Usually they're still here. I felt like, man, this is the only thing we have left is pictures. Just months after speaking with Tyrone's father, Jeremy Cuellar tried to withdraw his guilty plea, but the judge upheld it. How often do you think of Tyrone? All the time, every day, especially when I have to work with his daddy, his lab is just the same. It sounds like I'm standing next to him again. How do you want the world to remember your buddy? He has a very nice, charismatic guy that loved his family and loved the people he grew up with. And what about Kamaya and Tyrone's son, Tyrone Hassel IV, nicknamed Chunk? Well, he currently lives with Kamaya's mother. family gets to see him over FaceTime. What message do you have for your grandson? I got a lot of things to talk to him about. I would like him to know that his father was a good man and his father loved him very dearly. I would tell Chunk that his dad was remarkable and all he ever wanted was for Chunk to be better than remarkable. All Tyrone Hassel III wanted to do was lay the foundation for his son, Tyrone Hassel IV. That's legacy. He wore number one. So the first home game of every year since his tragic passing, we call Fly High Tie Day and dedicated to him, have his parents come out, put up a banner, throw the first pitch. Sergeant Hassel wanted so much to get back to this community. And the hardest part is we'll never know what Sergeant Hassel could have done. Specialist Tyrone Hassel, fourth engineer battalion. Yes! Okay! The time that he was with us, he was successful. And he was living his dream.
He was doing what he wanted to do, and he was happy. Kamaya Hassel still has an appeal pending. We reached out to her for comment, but she has not responded. And as for the $100,000 in insurance money that Kamaya already was paid, the military was able to get it back. It's now in a trust for the couple's son. That is our program for tonight. I'm David Muir. And I'm Deborah Roberts. From all of us here at 2020 and ABC News, good night. I'm Gilbert King, host of the podcast Bone Valley, and I'm here to tell you about Halfway Home, a bonus episode of our show that's out now. This is a really special one because after 36 years of wrongful incarceration, Leo Schofield has finally been released from prison. My co-host Kelsey Decker and I spent his first day out with him. We're there to witness him embrace his family after taking his first steps of freedom, and we follow him on his journey across the state to the halfway house where he'll spend the next year of his life. If you followed Leo's case, whether through Bone Valley or the incredible coverage of ABC's 2020, you won't want to miss this one. You can find Halfway Home in the Bone Valley feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.